I um I didn't necessarily go with the four weakest teams. I just created a dream division. And so my dream division, I think maybe upset some folks that I didn't include the LA Rams and Matthew Stafford. And so oh, I instead included thing, the Bucks and the Packers, <laughs> which clearly are the two best teams in the NFC. And then I included the Chiefs and the Bills. And so I was just like, imagine that division, guys. Imagine the fireworks, the no days off in that division. While you guys were, you know, putting the Lions and different things. More people should have put the Bears with Andy Dalton. I was surprised. I put the Bears. Good. You're a smart man because with Andy Dalton, um, that ship is, uh, yeah, very interesting. And so, uh, yeah, by the way, Victor Young, uh, Carson Wentz supporter. And um, good morning, man. Thanks for joining us. And so, yes, world, with that being said, uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, And welcome to the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. Uh, We are live every Saturday morning um, at 7 a.m. sharp. Um, And we talk about the latest and greatest sports topics uh, that has taken place for that week. And we'll do so as that week continues. And so this is a week-by-week show, a week-by-week basis, although we do hang on to certain things, um, such as Matthew Stafford and just watching so closely to see what happens when the season kicks off, because I cannot wait to tag Anthony Walsh, Jamar Goodman, and all these other individuals when he throws three interceptions to the Bears. And the Bears defeat the L.A. Rams week one. So, you know, these things, I'm just looking forward to it. So we hang on to these type of things, you know. Um, you, you, you get so used to watching sports and these different things, it just becomes like you remember this, you remember that. We hang on to these things. But with that being said, everybody, you can find the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast on Facebook. Via the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast page, I do admit I got to do more activity on that. On Spotify as the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, YouTube as the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, Apple Podcasts, uh, as well as our own Facebook pages via Brandon Price and Jamar Goodman, and just various places also where you can find your podcast. Like I ran into another guy, and um, he could just randomly find a podcast, Jamar, so that's awesome. Um, today is uh, September 4th, 2021, and we have yet again seen an interesting week in the sports world. But we have seen the NFL preseason in full effect with Mr. Cam Newton being the highlight of the NFL focus this week with getting cut from the New England Patriots. Next question then becomes, where does he land? Or does he land another job during this NFL season? Because people kind of know that he's not really into being a backup quarterback. Um, rosters being trimmed down to the normal 53-man rosters. Um, we are now five days away from NFL kickoff with Dallas and uh, Tampa. So that'll be uh, a lot of eyes on that game. Um, and lastly, uh, the world, the college football uh, scene is back. And um, this is like one of the best times of the year, right, when football is back. We have a lot more activity to talk about, right, on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast, Jamar, because we are diehard football fans. And so tonight, Miami and Alabama, as well as Clemson and Georgia, although some people are picking blowouts with, uh, you know, this Miami and Alabama game, could be very well possible. 
Um, but before we begin our podcast on this wonderful Saturday morning, Jamar, it is also important to note that this is the finest time of the year for Purdue Boilermaker football fans, right? And so, Jamar Goodman, can you add or just answer the world on why is this the most funnest time of the year for Purdue Boilermaker football fans? And before you laugh, I know you can answer this question, brother, because the people out there want to know why this is the most fun time of the year as a Purdue Boilermaker football fan. Why is that so, Jamar? It's simple, because we're going to run the table. Really? Purdue's, Purdue's going to run the table, right? Jamar, Jamar really is trying to say um, he's he's very optimistic, and I'm with you, man. I am very, very optimistic this season as we are every season, Jamar. It's sort of like being a Detroit Lions fan. And so with that being said, we are optimistic because we are zero and zero. And so anything can happen, Anthony, anything and so we have a fresh new start, a fresh new slate before, let's say, 8 o'clock here tonight and we're 0 and one And so we don't want to think about that. We want to continue to be on the roll of being zero and zero and say this is the most wonderful time of the year as a Purdue Boilermaker football fan. All right. And so um, with that being said, let's get started, gentlemen. Um, I want to introduce our guests. Um, Mr. Anthony Walsh. Anthony is just coming to my life and been a tremendous blessing. Uh, he's damn near like a brother. Uh, we run every morning or maybe, you know, about two, two times a week or so now. We kind of cut it down because I'm like lifting a little bit more and Anthony's kind of focusing on that running. But uh, that's how we met. Um, we've, you know, been connected via the Chicago Bears and different things like that. And Anthony is a very, very uh, great supporter of the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. Uh, Mr. Anthony um, has his own business still with Disney and selling products uh, that blesses many people and allows discounts and various things. He has various business ventures going on to where he uh, does his own thing and makes his own income. Um, it's very uh, ins inspirational to watch. Um, Anthony is married. He has uh, two wonderful children. Um, as well as a wife, and his kids are very big into softball and baseball. Uh, his daughter is the truth, and his son is the truth, and his son is a little one, and he can knock the ball very far to be uh, five or six years old, right? Yeah, he's five. He's uh, <laughs> he's kind of a beast. Yeah, like yeah, his kid, his kid is very, very good. I've watched him myself on film. Um, and so thank you, Mr. Anthony Walsh, for joining us this morning on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, sir. So that being said, also introducing my brother from another mother, Mr. Jamar Goodman. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm excellent, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Yes. Thanks for being with us as well. Uh, Jamar is always here because he's the partner on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast. And so let's get right into it this morning, y'all, because I'm feeling really bad for Mr. Cam Newton. Um, he was cut this week by the New England Patriots. And so there are also a number of people that are just reacting in the sports world and reacted this week and feel that Bill is a cold-blooded man and did Cam Newton wrong. And so, Mr. Jamar Goodman, a.k.a. The Guru, what do you have to say to those people? Are you in agreement with them 
Or was this strictly a normal Bill Belichick decision of which he has made plenty of these over his career? So I'll let you begin and then Mr. Anthony Washington jump in. Um, yeah, I'm for the most I'm for the most part sided with the people that felt like he got done dirty. I mean, I I said it on my status, and it was just more so for two reasons. One, the timing of it, because you know, his final roster is being cut down. I get it, you know, going from what eight, 80 to 53 at the deadline here. Um, but also I felt like he played well enough to to be the starter, in my opinion. Um now I don't know if uh, the, the quote unquote, you know, COVID incident had anything to do with it, or um, I guess his lackluster play per se in that last preseason game. But I honestly felt like Mac Jones, you know, he, he showed flashes, but I didn't think he was a better quarterback. I mean, but then again, I'm not the coach or the GM, which is Bill Belichick. It, it's just the timing of it because it seemed like, you know, Tam Newton actually had a full offseason with the team, actually, you know, learned the playbook, actually looked that's, like that's he was a very important point. He didn't get that last season. No, he came in, like, what, days before the regular season started, no training camp due to COVID, no preseason games due to COVID. Now, he actually looked like, a, you know, a, a better player overall. And not to mention, remember last year, he actually looked solid until he caught COVID, and then from there it just went downhill. And, and it was, what, seven and nine? Even with all of that, so but like two I plays guess, away, man. I think he was two plays away from being nine to seven, Jamar. He, he was, <laughs> he really was, and so I get it. Mac Jones, you know, you drafted him to, you know, eventually be the starter. I get that, um, but I, I don't know. I just felt like the team had a better chance of winning with Cam, just based on how he was playing, how his leadership is, uh, for the locker room you know, his, his intangibles, his experience. And so, and they actually surrounded the guy with weapons and now we never get to see what he would look like with him. So, That's a terrible part. so yeah, um, all in all, like I'm a Cam Newton fan. So I, I like, it sucks. It, it does. I mean, at the end of the day, Bill Belichick is the GM and the coach. So he, he did what he had to do. Yeah. Anthony, your thoughts? Yeah, I I think it was – I don't think it was right. Uh, Belichick, and he didn't give a good excuse why. Nope, he didn't. (laughs) He came came on and he was just like, that's just the way it is. And, like, pretty much cut off all the reporters. Like, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't seem like – I'd I'd like a better excuse than than that's just the way it is. So. Yeah. For me, man, uh, Bill Belichick, guys, he is just – he's very arrogant in a way. I don't know if you guys agree, but he's just, like, so nonchalant at times, you know. Like, it's like, damn, Bill, like – a part of me just feels like, Jamar, like, I love the fact that you've had this success with Tom Brady, that you've won these, you know, six Super Bowls, and you've had all these AFC Championship appearances – but let's not forget, y'all, that prior to Tom Brady arriving there, Bill Belichick didn't do nothing in his damn career. The most he had was being an assistant coach with the New England, I mean, the New York Giants and winning those Super Bowls, in which, if y'all remember as football fans, the Buffalo Bills should have won that first one. They should have won that first one because the, the Bills went to the Super Bowl 
you know, they had a nice run, I think three or four years straight. And that first one they should have won, they missed a pretty much easy field goal. It was as easy as uh, Cody Parkers was against the Eagles years back. It was oh, like don't a, say that name. It was, it was an easy name. field goal, <laughs> you know? But that field goal, yeah, the Cody Park is a lot harder, right? It's like your drive, it's the wintertime, blah, blah, blah. But this is like the hot weather. This was like in Tampa, the Super Bowl, I believe, that year. Like, this was like, you know, his one Super Bowl, and then he won another one with the Giants. And then prior to that, you know, prior to Tom Brady arriving, the most success he had was as a Cleveland Browns head coach, in which he made the second round, in which in a wild card weekend, he squeaked away in the final seconds. And so that's really all the success that really Bill Belichick had prior to Tom Brady, whom is for me the greatest football player of all time, arriving in New England and getting his start in 2001. And so um, his nonchalantness, the Patriot way and all this other crap, you know, I, you know, respect it. But it's just like at times it's just very questionable. It's very arrogant. It's very nonchalant. And um, I'm just not I'm not rooting for the Patriots, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm not rooting for the Patriots. I'm not rooting for Bill Belichick. Um, I hope they um, have a bad run so that he can kind of see or maybe get some type of humble pie. Um, Mac Jones, y'all, I think the kid can play football. If, if you watch them, he's pretty damn good. Um, but I don't think he's necessarily better than Cam Newton. And I don't think it's fair to Cam Newton, as Jamar stated, to um, allow Cam Newton to not get his chance. He didn't have the opportunity last season. This guy came in off the street practically when you had no quarterback. He kind of doing you a favor, Bill Belichick. He did you a favor by coming off the street and being a quarterback for your team. And you do him like that in return for the Patriot way. So um, I'm, I'm just not really, you know, I'm not in on the Patriots, man. It's it's a very disgusting feeling. And it's very, very bad because now Cam Newton has to be on the street when, you know, he was just – everything was all good just a week ago. Um, it does bring up a really good point, though, fellas, this vaccine thing. And so we got a lot of folks that are on this side of the vaccine and this side of the vaccine. Um, I'm going to kind of hit the folks this morning with some news. Um, my barber um, was fighting for his life, and he was a guy that wasn't a supporter of the vaccine. He's a supporter now um, because he got COVID and it hit him very, very hard. Um, I have a you know auntie that's overseas. Um, she was recently hit with the Delta variant, and um, she was put in a coma. And it's it's, it happens very fast. And so you can see the effects of COVID and how it hits you hard. Um, some people, a lot of people don't survive. And a lot of people are fighting it. Jamar, they're fighting to stay away from the ventilators because them ventilators out here is like, they're rough. And, and so like, um, yeah. Do you guys feel that NFL athletes should get the vaccine or not? I know this might be a tough question for some folks, but um, Jamar, how do you feel about this vaccine mandate with the NFL athletes or just athletes in general? Based on the rules and what they, and the guidelines, because ultimately it can cost them game checks. I mean, yeah. it can. Yeah. 
So just based on that, I, I feel like they should. If they, if they like money <laughs> and they like getting their paycheck, I feel like they should. Because apparently, I mean, it's affecting, you know, job situation, especially with the staff. Staff is mandated. So, I mean, they have to do it. So it's like, and, and, you know, you got coaches that say that we didn't base our cuts based on players getting back vaccinated. I, I call BS. I do. Yeah, exactly. Because they, you know, because ultimately, if a, you know, if a game has to get rescheduled and ultimately it can't get rescheduled, then the team forfeits and you lose that money too. So it, it's just the whole uh, can of worms right there that I, I feel like a lot of teams do not want to go under, go, you know, go down. And the fact that, it's been what a year and a half now and and people are you know more educated about the whole situation so therefore yeah like basically if you want your job and you want to make nfl money i it's like you almost have to at this point yeah i'm with you man anthony your thoughts yeah this is not a tough one for me as you know (laughs) um just go get it that's all uh it hit me hard I almost didn't make it. And, uh, you know, I'm fairly healthy. It took me, I'd say about five, six months to actually start feeling normal again. Mm -hmm. Um, When I got back from the hospital, I could walk three houses and I had to come home and take a nap and just totally beat up. Um, I'd like to point out like Moncada, if you notice, mm-hmm. since he came back, look how long it's taken him to get back to normal. Abreu, yeah, he has had a off year. It's, yep. It doesn't just affect the lungs and everything else. It affects your brain too. Like mm-hmm. you're just kind of slower. Your your every everything just doesn't work quite the same. It takes a long time to get back. So it's not that. Anthony, big. have you caught COVID or anything or? Yeah, I had COVID when I was uh, last October and, uh, you know, sitting in a hospital by yourself on FaceTime with your kids going, holy cow, <laughs> like, is this it? Really? Because that's how close it was. My, my oxygen levels dropped down into the 70s and, um, you know, it, it, it could have went one way or the other. Luckily, my body took to the medicine and you know, I got out of there, but again, very long road to get back from, from what happened to me. So, uh, as soon as that vaccine was available to me, (laughs) that was it. Roll up the sleeve. Like, don't, don't think about it. That's Mm -hmm. all. Wow. Yeah. Thanks Anthony for informing us of that, man. Um, you know, well, this is a judgment free zone here on the early morning sports talk podcast. And, everybody's free to have their opinions. And so, you know, like Lamar Jackson, he's not for it. We've seen him in the media, right? Like he's uh, been very nonchalant about getting the vaccine. Um, It's been, you know, current NBA athletes that have voiced their opinions and state, no, I don't want it. Um, But there's a number of athletes and different things that have stated that they do want it. Um, Although it has been recommended by the CDC, um, when you talked about the oxygen, uh, my barber's a young dude and he's a, you know, pretty healthy guy, man. And that it, it, Jamar kind of puts me on standby. It's like, he's a pretty healthy guy and he he's on oxygen right now. 
You know, like he was talking about how cold it was in a hospital room, how he was having an out of body experience, seeing black things walking around. Holy cow, like, seriously? Yeah. I did too. I did too. Like it, I, it felt like early morning sports talk podcast is turning into a haunted house right now. Y'all. Sorry, sorry, but when I was in the ER, it felt like somebody came up to me and, and put their hand over my face like this. And I was just like, what was that? Like, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, we're getting away from sports, but man, I'm telling you, it's it's dark. Don't get it. Go get the vaccine. If, if it's helping people stay out of the hospital, staying away from dying, just go get it. It's not that big of a deal. <clears throat> my, my daughter's got it. She's 12, so <laughs> trust yeah. me. Yeah, um, paying attention to some of the comments, my brother Dominique McKinney stated, I'm not for or against personal decisions. I'm against mandatory vaccines. If you do research and decide that vaccine is best for you, then I completely support that. Vice versa, if you choose to not, it's your body. It breaks it down, Dominique. And so um, that's pretty much the case here, man, is, um, you know, you make your decision. Um, and that's really that, you know, I'm, I'm loving the fact at least that, you know, it's not like we're being forced to get it like in certain countries, as example, right? Like we see what's happening with the Taliban and they're forcing stuff on people. Like we at least have a choice here in America. And that's something that we really shouldn't take lightly because we have a choice. And so um, the choice is yours, but it's just like this week, y'all, has been like a big wake up call. And I'm even at the point to where I'm masking up with my vaccine um, just because, you know, um, the odds of me of catching it, they say it's low. They say that. I don't know. I don't want to find out. But the thing is, if I pass along something that I could get, it won't affect me. I could still have it, though. Right, Anthony? I could still have it and pass it along with somebody. And I don't even know. Your daughter's right. <laughs> that, that, your exactly. kids. Exactly. So I'll be over there like in another month. And that's the thing. Like, I don't necessarily, you know, desire for that to be passed on right to a a one year old or four year old, et cetera. Um, My wife uh, even have a grandmother that's 102. So, um, yeah. And the United States maybe could take some notes because, as an example, over in France, they are locked down still, y'all. It's crazy, but they are on lockdown to the 19th. It's like a um, it's like a ghost town, you know, but their cases are low. And so, yeah, um, we're sorry, y'all, for getting a little off the um, sports, you know, aspect of things. But it was a question that had to be asked because. You know, a lot of people believe that that's really the reason why Cam Newton um, was cut alongside the fact that Mac Jones outplayed him in that third preseason game. Um, You know, and I think Bill Belichick didn't necessarily want to deal with the antics, things of Cam Newton. They say that comes along with his personality. And so um, these are all, I guess, various reasons why, um, you know, he was um, cut by the New England Patriots. All right. We got some uh, more things, though, that we got to talk about with this situation. And so, um, guys, what do you think is a good landing spot for Cam Newton at this point? Um, You know, is he a backup? Um, Like, what happens here? Jawar, let's begin with you. All right. So, it's crazy because with Cam, 
I, I cannot see him being a backup in general because that's probably not his personality, probably not is darn sure not what he's used to because at every level he's used to being the man. I mean, the man won an MVP a few years ago. It seems like a, it seems like a lifetime ago at this point, but uh, the only team at this moment that I think that may make sense for him would be uh, the football team. Okay. With, you know, his old coach, Ron Rivera. I think he's, he might be the only person or one of the few people that can actually like get him to buy into what they're doing. Um, and maybe the only team that he wouldn't mind being a backup on just knowing that he, I, I feel like he trusts Rivera, um, especially a lot more than Belichick at this point, mm-hmm. but he also would have an opportunity to start and, you know, with Fitz magic as the starting quarterback right now. And, you got Cal Anderson and uh, Heineke as your quarterback. Uh, that's not the best quarterback uh, room in the in the league by any means. So that's the only thing that I can think of that actually makes a little sense there. Other than that, like just personally with his pride and who he is as a person and his response to being cut, he said, don't worry about me. I'm good. Like he, he basically I feel like with that statement, it's like I'm OK if you know, this is it with football. Like, I'm, you know, you know, I still got more to my life than football type deal. So I, I feel like that's the only team right now that actually makes a little sense if he was to still play. Let me ask y'all, what about Miami? What about Tua Tamagaloa and the fact that he's all right, but I feel like there's some missing in Miami. I feel like I, the I, quarterback I, is really that issue. I, and I, I would love for him to, you know, what if you put that team around Cam Newton? Let, let, let me answer that real quick. So he, here's the thing with that one. Like, I, I get it. A lot of people are, like, kind of coming at Tua's neck um, because I guess he didn't look as good as the other two rookies that was drafted last year. Um, but you, if you, like, dig deep into this, to that situation, like, Tua's had a whole offseason. Tua looks better this year than last year. I mean, granted – he's you know not Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert from last year but just to throw Cam Newton into that situation this late into uh you know into the all well not the all season but basically days away from the start of the regular season to do that that I mean the only way that you pull something off like that to where two is not the starting quarterback is if you trade for Deshaun Watson and two of those to Houston Otherwise, it, it just you're going to create a circus if you do something like that. Um, Dominique stated um, he stated the Raiders as a good fit. Um, that's something we can analyze real quick. But he's also hearing, like you stated, and like we've all heard that, you know, Deshaun Watson from Miami. And um, that would make a lot of sense, Jamar, that trade of, you know, Tua in Houston. That way, Houston can kind of maybe have a chance to rebound a lot quicker, you know. And, um, you know, Miami could be happy with their quarterback. And so um, that's a very interesting situation. And so as far as the Raiders, um, you got a few folks that's on Derek Carr's um, net too, right? You know, and the Raiders are – I feel like they're just a mediocre team, you know, that could be better if they had a better quarterback situation. (sighs) You know? 
I mean, they, they're like always like in that seven and nine, eight and eight range. Um, I'm just saying, like, with Cam, could things change? I, I don't think it moves the needle as much just because mainly their, their biggest issue is on the other side of the ball. That's that's their real problem. And also they play in a division with, <laughs> you know, the guy in a, and, and the Chargers, that's a high-power offense that's coming as well. So they, they need help on the other side of the ball. So I don't think it really moves the needle. Yeah, you think they kind of stay around the same boat, maybe even go a little back? Possibly. I mean, for what it's worth, Derek Carr didn't play bad at all last year. He had a great year. Yeah, more pressures on uh, John Gruden than Derek Carr right now. So they need help on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Anthony, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm a Derek Carr fan. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that that Cam should take over there. I, I honestly don't think he goes anywhere. It just, yeah, there's there's no fit for him, really. He doesn't belong in Indy. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. I think he retires. And uh, Derek Carr, he, he, he doesn't get a lot of love, <laughs> which I seriously, that guy is like, he's consistent. That's what I call him. Um, I like Derek Carr. He puts up numbers. I like him. He's, al- he's almost, uh, you know, to that Stafford level. But <laughs> wait, did you just wait, 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 wait. You know, the morning was going just fine. The morning was going just fine until Anthony. You had to bring up Matthew Stafford. You just couldn't avoid it, could you? Did, Absolutely not. Did you, you guys just hear? Gotta stop it. Which did you is guys just hear that Derek man. Carr is almost on Matthew Stafford status? If you ask me, he's better than Matthew Stafford. Oh. If you put Derek Carr on the Rams, imagine what the Rams would do. I mean, <sighs> buckets. Like it'd be like buckets, points. With Matthew Stafford. Um, it's sort of like having that three-point shooter that's there that can get streaky and hot, but then he can do some stuff, and you'd be like, what the hell did he just do? Is he run our test or something? Like, he'd just be like, what the hell is that? You know, like, reminds you of, like, Patrick Beverly. Like, like what the hell test. was that? Like, really? You compare yeah. him to run our test? <laughs> I know um, that's a bad comparison. I'm just talking about with the volatility. <laughs> no, I, I, I know what you mean, but no, yeah. come on now. With the Stafford hate, seriously. Just you're, saying, you're gonna, man, like he's gonna have a career year, there's no doubt. He's got weapons now, he's got a defense behind him. Man. Like you you got early morning sports talk podcast. I'm talking about we are you, looking forward. This just brings so much excitement. Oh you, it does. You you see what we I gotta deal with each and every week, Anthony. <laughs> I cannot. I, I sit here shaking my head. I shake. Look, my head I'm gonna get the biggest pizza. I'm gonna get the biggest pizza ever to watch Matthew Stafford in the Rams. Uh, and I promise you, I'm gonna have my phone next to me, and I'm gonna have my Facebook ready. Dude, hey, who's gonna intercept the ball? Right. But let's say on that first interception, I'm gonna just point you guys out. And I'm not even gonna wait to the game. Over. Now, I'm just wait to the first interception. Now the the only the only exception to this Matthew Stafford great season is you know if he happens to have a bad game against the Bears and they lose, that's the only thing. Other than that, this man is about to light it up. You thought that that offense was high power about two or three years ago with Jared Goff? <laughs> These guys about to light it up. It's it's I'm I'm not joking. 
I'm not look joking. At, look at the preseason. Look at the Bears preseason on defense. Okay. I understand that they weren't going all out, but what cornerback do they have? What do they have on defense in general, Dad? What do they have? Yeah. So it doesn't Stafford matter is who gonna they have. Just, he's gonna it die matters who's them. throwing it's the ball. That's what matters. No, it's gonna be ugly, uh, man. Cooper Cup about to light it up in the oh, slot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cup is about to get the ugly. ball coming. He's gonna be like, what the hell? The bottom of well, my head way back there. And Eddie like, Jackson's gonna be like, thank you. And now he's got Sony Michelle. It, it, I'm telling you, he. He never had a, a real running back in Detroit. He never had a line. He had Calvin Still, Johnson. Look, Khalil Mack and uh, Danny Trevathan are going to be all over Sony Michelle. No way. He's their best hope, though. They better run the ball, damn it, because if they don't. Khalil Mack better show up this season, that's all, because he's been kind of absent the last two. This this is a very good point, Anthony. This is a kind of like do or die season for um, Khalil Mack, like – we view him as one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and he did nothing last year, or he really not much in, you know, 2019. Like, right. he had that monster year in 2018, and outside of that, he's been relatively pedestrian. I haven't heard so him. I, I, I was chatting with Raiders fans online right after we got Mac, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's going to show up at first, and then he's just going to disappear. Like, I don't know if it's his work ethic or what it is. There's just something going on there that it seems like he got paid. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm still holding out hope that's not the case. But if, if he doesn't show up this year, then it definitely is going to like point towards it. The injuries, which he didn't really have too much of. But, you know, with that one year with Akeem Hicks being out and him being double teamed, it's like, okay. But now it's like, we got your help. So now do something. Hopefully Robert Quinn can actually, you know, show up Hopefully. instead of being a this is being so a person vital. In Jersey. He's did nothing. I mean nothing. You talking about collecting a paycheck, Anthony. He's collecting a big paycheck. And he ain't doing a damn thing. You know, this is a good point because if Robert Quinn actually did something, y'all, maybe it'll open up things for Khalil Mack. Yeah, Floyd was definitely <laughs> Definitely better than than uh, Quinn was. So yeah, and and you saw Floyd have like a career year last yeah. year with Aaron Donald and boys. Yep. Right, he showed up. So yeah, 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 he showed it left, and he had a career year. And so, um, and also, and one last thing, may, maybe it was the scheme. I don't know. Like it's it, it could be a number of things, but I just know one thing for sure: he has to show up this year. He even talked about time is of the essence, so something got to get done. Yeah, yep. I'm not. I'm not uh, high on Pagano either. So, yeah, that, that me either. I'm glad he's Pagano, gone. Yeah, I don't know what the hell when I, when they said Pagano as defensive coordinator, I was just shocked. I'm like, huh? Like, what the hell they pull that out of? Like, what made them do that? Like, yeah, I can still remember where I was when they announced that one, and I was just like, I was sitting in a restaurant, and I just kind of shook my head, like, Pagano, okay, doesn't really make sense, but sure, <laughs> right. All right, guys, let's ask another question. And um, this might be a tough question for some viewers. It might even piss some people off. But um, I'm, I'm to the point to where, like, when it comes to Bill Belichick and him not being with Tom Brady, I'm just questioning some things. And so the question, uh, this is with Jamar's approval. Is Bill Belichick truly a great head coach? 
Like, is this guy truly a great head coach? This might, you know, bother some folks, but it must be X. Like, Mr. Goodman, can you begin with uh, this, you know, question and just chime in? Um, and, and Anthony, you can chime in afterwards. Um, I'm just at the point to where I need some answers because I don't know if he's truly a great head coach. Um, I will say that he is. I don't think he's a great GM, but as a head coach, I think he is just because I know he had Tom Brady when he won those Super Bowls, but the fact that they won those Super Bowls a different way, it wasn't all the same way. You know, initially you had the, the defense going, um, you know, Tom Brady was just the game manager and then, you know, Tom Brady involved into to the pass heavy offense type deal. Then you had the two tight end offense. And then towards the end of Tom Brady's career with the Patriots, you know, the running game became more prevalent again. Uh, the defense started to come back type deal. So they, they won in different ways. So it's not all like the same formula type deal. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, for the most part, has proven to be ahead of the curve instead of behind the curve with things. So, I, I, I mean, yeah, and, and, he, and he won six. So, I, I can't say he, that he's not a great head coach. I think the GM part of him is definitely questionable by far. But as far as, like, X's and O's and executing, I mean, he, he is, man. I, I'm, I'm not going to knock him for that. You know, Jamar, Anthony, um, I'm going to wait to provide my analysis, but I can see your point. I really can. Um, Anthony, is Bill Belichick truly a great head coach? Yeah, he is. Uh, player development. That's a big one for me. These guys, look at these players they get. They're nobodies. And all of a sudden, they're superstars on this team. Like, Tom Brady was the nobody. Let's let's go there to begin with. Like. Six round out of Michigan. He was terrible at Michigan. He was a was pick he fourth machine. string quarterback. Fourth string quarterback, maybe <laughs> to start. I think it was four, fourth on the depth chart, and yeah. comes out of nowhere, and now he's the greatest of all time, right? Possibly. I, I won't go there. <laughs> Possibly one of the greatest. Well, definitely one of the greatest of all time. Anyway. Do you guys um, see somebody being greater than him? Because I think some people might think Lawrence Taylor was better. He was a nightmare. A legit nightmare. Like, no, he was. You think Lawrence Taylor was better? Is better than Tom Brady? Well, I'm it's, just talking quarterback wise. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, because it gets a little dicey comparing other positions, but but yeah, yeah let's... I, I go quarterback wise. I mean, Manning, you know he he's there. Uh, yeah, but he's not better than Brady. I know Manning's I, great, I, but I don't think so because Brady, you know, obviously beat him multiple times. Exactly. Um, I yeah. It's, it's I'd really have to think about that one if there was anybody better than Brady, and I hate to say it because, <laughs> you know, I, I was a Brady hater when he was on the Patriots, and then he goes to the Bucks, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's, it's a different situation. It just seems like he's a different person down in Tampa. Man, I love this version um, of Brady. Yeah. No, I agree. 
he's on a boat throwing the uh, the Super Bowl trophy to another boat. Like, who is this guy? You know, like <laughs> that's that's awesome. So, um, but anyway, back to Bel- Belichick. Um, yeah, player development, and obviously the the dude just he comes up with plays. He wins. Um, he he is definitely cocky. We talked about when he was with the Browns, Brandon, uh, and you know got rid of Kozar, the uh, the favorite of the city, the city boy, and uh, very cocky with that. But um, again, yeah. He's a great head coach. I don't think you can kind of argue. All right, guys. Yes, I agree with both of you. I was just asking because I just wanted to kind of bring up some people's point out there just about them. Like Asante Samuel's example was on first take this week, and he was really kind of bashing Bill Belichick and his tenure without Tom Brady. And so this was part of the reason why I brought up the question, because it is people out there that truly believe that um, he's not going to accomplish much. And he hasn't accomplished much outside of Tom Brady as a head coach, that is. So, yeah. Um, But Anthony Price and good morning, because DeGray is my cousin. Um, Anthony Price stated, do you see Mark Jones being the next Tom Brady in the future? And so um, it's like it's a really good question, because. Maybe this is what Bill Belichick is seeing, you know, like he's seeing similarities. He's seeing the fact that, you know, I can work with, you know, I can work with Mac Jones a lot more easier based off of how I like to play football and how I like to run plays. Um, I've been doing this for many, many years. He reminds me of that. He's closest to that. And so this is why we should start. And so, Jamal, what you think? Yeah, so – if you paid attention to my Facebook, I posted a picture of uh, for for my Marvel fans. I posted a picture of John Walker in Captain America suit, equivalent to Mac Jones. And the reason why I did that, this, the analogy is, if Tom Brady was Steve Rogers as Captain America, then Mac Jones is John Walker as Captain America. Basically, they're similar and different at the same time. Basically, they're similar because this is a type of person that that will fit well with the Patriot way and can easily be coached by Belichick, this, this, and that. And, you know, he's a winner. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can definitely, you know, see that. I mean, as far as, you know, being Brady-esque to that certain degree, but I mean, truth be told, I mean, I think Tom Brady and the New England Patriots was more so just an anomaly. At the time, it's going to take a lot more than what happened between uh, Brady and Belichick for Brady and Mac Jones to pull anything, anything close to what they did. So similar traits to a certain degree, but I guess it's just wait and see approach because, I mean, the one of the biggest things that that's an obstacle is the fact that 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 division is a lot tougher now than what Brady was cakewalking through for the last two decades. You got a strong Buffalo Bills team, and you got a very strong Miami Dolphins team in that division. And not to mention, like, the Jets. The Jets going to be a lot better going forward, too. So don't sleep on them. That that division is, is, is not as easy as what it was. So good luck. 
Yeah, yeah, and Anthony, really quickly, um, Dominique stated that Mac Jones has similar style, but the only way to be on Tom Brady level is to have his IQ. This is an excellent point. But I think this is also like what Bill Belichick sees. I've been hearing out of sources, like as example, the cornerback uh, for the Patriots. I think his name is Daniel Jones. He stated that this kid has a really high IQ. And this is one thing we love about him. Um, You know, but Dominique stated Brady is one of the best at reading defense and situational plays. And so um, it's interesting. So, Anthony, what do you think? Do you think as a um, that Mark Jones um, is the next Tom Brady in the future or is this what New England is seeing? I mean, Belichick can make him the next Tom Brady, right? He made Tom Brady Tom Brady. I mean, I guess Tom Brady might made Tom Brady, but <laughs> there had to be some type of development there. Um, and very similar body types. If you saw, I, I, I posted that, uh, that meme on your page there. Um, same body type that Brady was coming out of coming out of college. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Don't forget who else has a really high IQ. Those Justin Fields. So I don't want to go off topic here, but um, didn't he score the highest ever on that test? I believe. I think so. So we'll have to see how that goes. Anyway, not to go off topic, but. Very, very good point, man. I mean, this is something that's uh, being heavily debated. And so um, we will touch on that um, next week, um, especially since kickoff is uh, approaching next Sunday for the Bears. Um, and this Tuesday, I mean, this Thursday with uh, the Bucks and the, um, you know, Cowboys. And so, um, yeah, Justin Fields needs an O-line, then he is off and running. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I've been hearing a lot about Justin Fields' IQ. I've been hearing a lot about this quarterback class in general, guys. I think it's a great one. I think it's a really good one. And so um, to have Mac Jones as 15th, I mean, for me, it's a first-round pick, yes, but it ain't like he was the number one pick. He's the 15th pick. Um, And I know that's out of seven rounds. That's pretty damn good, right? But, you know, um, for him to be the 15th guy, and to be as great as I think of a career he might have, it's kind of showing that um, these young guys, I think, uh, Jamar, um, are getting really good coaching from guys that are, you know, former NFL players and blah, blah. They're getting this from high school, in other words. They're getting this in high school and college, whereas, like, you know, older quarterbacks, they didn't get all the, um, the, the, the camps and the – 707s and they ain't get all that but these kids they're getting this stuff now and it's making them more advanced and more ready come day one in the nfl it is um one guy i want to point out that's up and coming um is uh peyton and uh, eli's nephew that's coming up in the uh, ranks. Oh, i've been hearing about him yeah man he, man, he was phenomenal cool. And he's getting all of that stuff that you just talked about. So he, he, man, by time in a couple, few more years, we're going to be talking about him too. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's, it's, it's very interesting, man. Um, you know, Justin Fields is uh, wild. Justin Fields, the next Cam Newton in his prime from Anthony Bryce. And then um, Dominique quarterback player has never been good as it is now overall. Yeah, because it's a tough position, and you do want to make these kids 
you know, be prepared for a tough, tough position. Um, a lot of marbles. Go ahead, I mean, Let's Let's face it. It's a quarterback-driven league now. You cannot be a contender. You cannot be relevant without a quarterback. And exactly. I guess the Bears finally learned that the hard way the last couple of years and, and saw that, hey, we can have a great team in every position, every depth of the, of the whole team, but the quarterback's not right. We're not going anywhere. Exactly. <laughs> Anthony, I see you got some activity back there. You can be dressed if you want to. Um, me and Jamar uh, will answer the next question. That's fine, man. No, it's all good. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, got another tough question, man. Um, do you guys like or understand the cut of uh, number 13, the wide receiver Rodney Adams? Um, because most Bears fans, including myself, are in limbo over this. I don't think it should have happened. I don't understand why it happened. Um, then again, I can maybe see the point, but I want to see the guru bring up the point I'm thinking in my head. So um, why did the Bears cut Rodney Adams, Jamar? Because I thought he had a great preseason. He was the best player on the field outside of the tight end in Justin Fields. Yeah, so that, this that tight end was number eighty-seven, the white dude with the long hair. Oh yeah, yeah. They at least at least they kept him. Um, yeah, this is one of those uh, you know head scratching moves by uh, Ryan Pace. You know he has uh, quite a few of those in his uh, tenure here with the Bears. Um, I guess at least they put him back on the practice squad which definitely doesn't do too much justice. I feel like somebody can just still sign him regardless. But to cut him for Brashad Perriman, right. like out of all people, and then Pace's uh, reason is speed. Don't you have enough speed already? Like, I, like look, I, I get it. I get it. You, you want this high-powered flying offense, maybe rivals the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I, I get it. That's what he but, wants, yep. But come on, man. Uh, Perriman is a bust. Ronnie Adams proved he should have been on that 53-man roster. He should be on his way to L.A. next Sunday to be playing Sunday night football. But instead, he, he's on the practice squad. I, I don't get it. He made plays. He made Andy Dalton look good on that one play. Other than that, I mean, this, this man, like his preseason, to me, reminds me of how Victor Cruz preseason was before he became on the scene when he was showing up and showing out and became a lethal weapon for a number of years with the Giants. That, that's how I look at Rodney Adams. I mean, he, he proved it. He earned it. And to do this for a washed up guy that has been on multiple teams, like, no, I'm, I'm not with it. Right. But do you think y'all that, um, you know, Brian Pace, he loves to hang on to the past. That's one thing I noticed about. You get you guys maybe see what I'm saying. Here. He loves to hang on to the past, y'all, because he's maybe still having that Jameis famous 2019 year in his head. You know, when Rashad Perriman was catching a lot of balls with Jameis and helped him get that career year of um, all those touchdowns and all those picks. But um, maybe that's what's still in his head. I, I just see, you know, Ryan Pace does that quite often. He's really a guy that hangs on to the past a lot. So, yeah, Anthony, um, what do you think, man? Do you think that this was a good move by the Bears? Do you understand it or what? No, not at all. I, I expected him fully to make the team, especially after making Dalton look good 
because I, we were both sitting at that game. And uh, first thing I did was stand up and scream. That was not Andy Dalton's touchdown. <laughs> um, no. 100% that catch was 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 it. And uh, You can argue the catch guys in Miami against Miami that very first game when he went over the guy's head and caught the rock as well. Mm-hmm. He made Justin Fields look good too. Yeah, he's uh, – I don't know. It, it, it's a bad decision for sure. Um, Perriman, you know, um, Chicago sports in general, all we do is hold on to the past. Like the White Sox used to be the same way. Like, oh, let's get Ken Griffey Jr. Let's get Bo Jackson. Like, come on. You know, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm so tired of let's hold on to 1985 forever, forever. I am so tired of hearing 1985. We're in 2021. <laughs> like, it, it's time to let go, move on. And if these guys can't get it done, like, it's 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 time for some new management, something. Like, stop holding on to the damn past. I'm tired of it. I'm telling you, one thing that'll crack you up, fellas, is being at a Bears game and seeing all them dusty, um, dingy, um, out-colored Jamar 1985 Bears jackets. Ah. <sighs> I and they're so, walking around like they are just so fresh and so clean. I'd be like, stop it, please. I call it the Guido effect. That's what I call that. And like, it's just. <laughs> the Guido effect. <laughs> oh. So tired look, look, of y'all, meatballs, have, dude. They're meatballs. Look, Jamar, That's you what I call them. You at the Bears uh, game showing up in Jerry Curls. Old school Jerry Curls, the 1985 jacket. I'm like, yeah, look at me, boy. I'm fly, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> meatballs, oh. dude. They're meatballs. Like, it's just, <laughs> uh, I, I can't. Why? It, it's hard to go to those games oh, sometimes because I man, just turn man. and look, and I'm like, can we just stop talking about '85, please? Like, it, and you know, they bring back the players all the time, and I'm like, come on, like, how long? How long is this going to keep happening? Like, and, and, we I need a new we win another one. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's, that's what's needed. Right, for sure. <laughs> bad the way it's looking, man. I don't know if the Bears will have another one anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There, there, there's hope because we, I think we actually have a quarterback for the future that keep us relevant now. Uh, but, but the defense is is a dinosaur now, so they're about to be. Yeah. It's about to be a dinosaur. They're they're gonna have to rebuild the whole defense now. So yeah, you're you've done an okay job so far of rebuilding this offense. And now that defense is declining. So, and you have no secondary. <laughs> yeah, secondary sucks. I'm right. Geez. Zero, zero secondary. They like, don't give up. They, they, ugh. <sighs> I mean, you just throw the ball and everybody catches it. Everybody. Like, we're, we're in Bills trouble didn't even sure. have a full team out there and they were just catching the ball. Mitchell Trubisky was looking like that <laughs> second coming of. Brett Favre, the second coming of Tom Brady out there. I couldn't believe every possession he drove straight down on the defense. I'm like, geez, like, what, what was, you know, but it brings back, you know, when there's, you know, players usually leave the Bears and the Bulls, you know, they're usually going to have great careers, you know, so. Yeah, Trubisky might be starting next year, right? You never know. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Isaac against the Bears, it was like, <clears throat> it was almost unreal. But, uh, yeah, so um, 
we shall see, guys, uh, what happens um, with this situation. I think Ronnie Adams definitely deserved to be on that roster, um, even above Rashad Perriman. Um, he got cut by the Lions for a reason, man. He got <laughs> cut by the Jets for a reason. Like, 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 seriously, if you can't make the Jets or the Lions, like, why are you in the league? That is a good point, Jamar. You can't make just the, the same thing. or the Lions. And the Bears just go scoop them right up. Come on, buddy. Like, come on. Like, you can't on. even name – can you name me three Lions wide receivers right now? Can you do it? Nope. I don't yeah, know if I can name one. I can't, I can't <laughs> name two Jets receivers. Case, case closed. Boy, you you giving me a brain for misfunction right now when you ask me that question because I don't know. I legitimately don't know. I gotta sit there, pause, and be like, uh yeah, yeah, it's like I it's like my brain just seized for a second, like right. Yeah, it just stopped. <laughs> and, and so um, but the bears as stated, you know, the bears organization and ran pace be like this, Jamar. You suck. Yeah, we want you. Let's go. Yeah, you suck there. Now come on with us. This is exactly what we want. And so Rashad Perriman, you know, him getting cut by the Jets and Lions was perfect for the Bears, you know. If he would have had a Pro Bowl year, the Bears would have been like, we don't want you. Stay away. You know, and so. Um, it's kind of the same thing with Jimmy Graham, right? Like he's holding on to him. That, that was Pace's guy in uh, New Orleans. He's the one that brought him into New Orleans, so. You know, Jimmy Graham's good still, but he's not. I think you should be developing Komet to be that guy. Absolutely. Um, I agree. But yep. instead, you know, they're still focusing on Graham because that's what you do is hold on to the damn past. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know how Rampage is doing. So, all right, guys. Um, we've talked a lot about the NFL this morning. Um, you know, Chicago Bears, Bill Belichick situation, things as such. Um, very good stuff. Um, we, however, you know, cover multiple sports here on the early morning sports talk podcast, um, Anthony. And so, um, we do show love to the ladies and, uh, we show love, uh, via the WNBA, various sports. Uh, we, we talk about, you know, the Olympics track, various things. Um, but right now we got to talk about our lovely Chicago sky. Um, they aren't necessarily, um, and give you a rundown and give the world a rundown. Cause we know a lot of folks don't watch the WNBA. It's a sport that's up and coming still, right? It's the sport that, you know, you, 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 you seeing a lot more marketing, a lot more commercials, things like that. Um, more reasonable prices for games and stuff like that to try to get more people into those venues and get, you know, folks to know more about this product that's happening. And so um, the Chicago Sky, however, um, they are 14 and 14. They have lost two straight, unfortunately, to the Aces of Vegas and um, the uh, Phoenix Mercury. But those are two great teams. The Sky are like, you know, very good, but they're very inconsistent without Candace Parker. And so I don't know if you've ever heard of Candace Parker, Anthony. Of course. I've heard of her. A lot of people out of Naperville. Yep. Yep. And she is um girl out of Naperville, won titles with the LA Sparks, Defensive Player of the Year Awards, MVP Awards, um, dominated at Tennessee, you know, as you remember. Um, and you know, when she's on a court with us, we are tough to beat. We are like 12 and 4 with her on the court. Without her, we're terrible. One in ten. 
or too intense, something like that. And so, like, um, she is a vital, vital, vital piece for us um, at Chicago Sky. And so um, the WNBA playoffs are coming up. And so, Anthony, just knowing sports, man, um, with Candace Parker, what she expects to be available come playoff time, do you think that the Chicago Sky, with her on the floor, with Courtney Vandersloot, with Allie Quigley, with Diamond DeShields, um, you know, with Azura Stevens, these are all our girls that can ball, bro. Um, you know, uh, Kalijah, um, I forgot her last name, little short chick that can, she cuts and she get all the layups and she, you know, does a really good job. Kalea Cooper, with these ballers, and then you have a healthy Candace Parker, do you think that Chicago Sky could be dangerous in the uh, WNBA playoffs? So I wish that I followed the WNBA more because I don't know much. Um, but, but just I, based off of that record of 12 and 4. Can, well, sure, of course, because Candace Parker's, you know, probably one of the greatest of all time, right? You got her, you got Belladonna, I think her name was, who used to be on the sky. Uh, Elena Deladon. Della, okay. She used to be on the sky. Um, I, re I remember her being one of the one of the best in the league as well. Probably the best in the league at the time into a title she led us to the WNBA finals before too right I remember that so um yeah I mean if, if you have one of the greatest that's like saying if I have Michael Jordan on my team do I have a good chance of winning so yeah why, why not again I I wish I had more time to follow more sports um it's hard for me right now like with all with all my sports that I got going on, especially, you know, a girl in softball and, you know, this guy's coming up in baseball now. So, but yeah, I'm, I, again, I, I think we talked before that I'd like to start watching the NBA again. And uh, I, my daughter went to a WNBA game before she really enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, but definitely Candace Parker. I mean, you, you put that name on a team and you're going to be a be one of the better teams, I would think so. So, yeah, you know, Jamar, I was just running through the fact that um, with Candace Parker, the Sky are 12 and 4. Without her, they're 2 and 10. Um, and so, you know, like she changes games, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I, I am on my Tory Holt, Devin Hester kickoff return um, statement. She changes games, or he changes, but in this case, she changes games, ladies and gentlemen. And so I'm just curious, uh, Jamar, with that record of her on the floor, um, and then beating a lot of the best teams when she's on the floor, dominate, blew out the storm that the former WNBA champions with Brianna Stewart. Y'all, I don't know if you know Anthony, she's like the Kevin Durant of the WNBA. The girl is unstoppable, tall, athletic, lanky, can defend, um, and has a burner that just is unmatched. Um, she scores whenever she wants. Um, but the sky beating these, you know, teams with Candace Park on the floor and they, they dominate you defensively and wear you down. Um, do you think, Jamar, that uh, the sky can be a dangerous team with Candace Park on the floor come playoff time? Absolutely. She seemed like she was the, the missing piece from last year during the uh, playoff run. Um, I mean, she's a pro. She's a champion. Um and she got her guidance from Lisa Leslie when Lisa was around. So she she knows how to, you know, do what needs to be done. 
Um, as you see, you know, her impact, I mean, the record speaks for itself, right? We basically uh dominate team with her and not so good without her. Basically, yeah, this part point, of that, uh, Jamar, is because she like does the TNT stuff and uh, you know, she does a lot of you know, empowering stuff outside the court. She does, and if you saw her on TNT, you, you saw her, you saw how actually her how high her IQ is for the game as well. She, she is very knowledgeable, <clears throat> excuse me, and so basically at this point. Get in the playoffs and see what happens, because um, I know what we're we're six right now. If, I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure one of those top C's don't do not want to see us with a with a full stack roster. So that is facts, and so I'm looking forward to that, guys. I'm really looking forward to see what this guy do uh, with Candace Park on the floor. Um, it could be very dangerous, and um, WNBA basketball is a little like baseball. Um, the, the top teams often don't make it. It's the team that's playing the best. That's just how it works in the WNBA. And so um, you, you can ask the Connecticut Sun from last year, who damn near won a championship, and they were just like the sky last year. Um, all right. So um, let's talk a little baseball, fellas. Um, Cubs analysis, Sox analysis. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, the Cubs have been kind of been on a little trend lately. They've been winning baseball games. Um, it's like they're sort of getting a little something together on the north side. Um, Anthony, I know you know a lot about baseball. Um, do you think the Cubs' future um, is bright? Um, and do you maybe have a timetable of when you think this team can be back to being really competitive? Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, you said Cubs and competitive, so I laughed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're talking, yeah, I don't know. They got Madrigal. That's probably the best person they got it out of that whole rebuild here. Um, yeah, I, there's no timetable on them. I, I, I don't have one. Seven, ten years, I don't know. <laughs> 103 again, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I, yeah, they're, they're just uh, – you know, there it's like being a Cub fan is like being a Bears fan. It's the same thing, which is kind of sad because it makes me feel, yeah, makes me feel like one of them. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I got nothing on the Cubs. I don't. Um, what, what are you building? What are you building around? Who are you building around? Nick Madrigal? Right? I guess, but. You know, do you have anybody else? <laughs> one thing I do see is they got some strong pitching, y'all. They got some strong pitching. And um, that can carry a team. That can carry sure. a team itself. So far, but, you know, you still, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big Cubs guy. I don't, I don't even talk Cubs. The, the Cub fans are kind of fun to me. Last, yesterday I walked into uh, Target. And there was a whole section of Cub stuff with clearance tags all over it. And uh, took a picture, sent it to a bunch of Cub fans I know. And I was like, oh, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of cheap stuff here for you to pick up if you need it. And <laughs> I, it was not warmly re received, obviously, but I have had to listen to it since 2016. So I'm, I'm, I'm to dishing it out now. So. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, that's 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 funny, man. But, oh, uh, and the attendance thing. Let, let's talk about the attendance thing, too, because how's their attendance right now? You know, all they ever do is, oh, how many Sox or fans are at Sox games, right? Yeah, let's let's look and see how many people are at Cubs games now. <laughs> so go ahead, guys. Like flip now, right? Like Chicago apparently just loves the winner, right? Like the Cubs, are they even still packed the way they usually are? Like no, nobody's at the yeah. games now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More so a lot of folks at the Sox games now. All right. Um, yeah, you know, um, so in this case, gentlemen, let's uh you both can uh chime in on the Sox. Um, what do you guys think of the Sox right now? Because I, I, I'm not really – I like the fact that the squad is, like, back. Their bats are dangerous, and they can put up some runs. They can score, guys. Um, my worry is just, you know, against good teams and um, the bullpen. But overall, when you just look at a trend, and that's what baseball is for me, it's a trend. They've been playing pretty damn good since Eloy Jimenez um, – Rodon, Luis Roberts, these guys have come back. The Sox have been pretty explosive. They can, they look like, you know, if these guys were here all season, the Sox probably been on 190 games by now. Uh, they have me a little worried. Now we have injuries coming. So there's that. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I hope they're not a one and done. I feel like this is, since we talked Cubs, this is their 2015. Uh, we're in their 2015 year. And I think next year it'll come together better. I was hoping by 2020 we would be, you know, serious contenders. Um, but, you know, Anderson going down, that's tough. And Giolito. Obviously, yeah. Do we have a timetable? Um, it didn't sound like very long, but, you know, just I'm, I'm worried about that injury bug coming and I think Kimbrough's day-to-day now too because he's on my fantasy team <laughs> um, and he's kind of angry with La Russa yeah, uh, your, your buddy <laughs> um, I like La Russa yeah, he's a great man again well he, he, uh, he didn't handle that situation very well he should, should have kind of let, let him out there and battle and went out there and got him a little early and then, uh, you know, put Hendricks in. So they should have, honestly, they, I don't even know if they should have ever went out and got Kimbrell because it kind of messed with Hendricks a little bit too. Um, but yeah, it's, this bullpen. Bullpen's got to be cleaned up a little bit and uh, hopefully these injuries you know, mm-hmm. same thing. Go ahead, guys. Yep. yep. Um, I'm with you, man. The bullpen and is now on the IL. But even amongst that, I'm I'm still liking the trend of this team. Um, it's some a little different now. The bats have kind of woken up, although they had a bad night in Kansas City last night. And Kansas City tend to give us give us a lot of problems. I don't know why they do. They just do. Um, and so um, maybe it's because it's a division, you know, thing. And right. so um, Sox are struggling mm-hmm. up in KC, but hopefully they can get, you know, the next two. Um, they need those two. They really do because um, they're right there to at least challenge for that second seed in the AL. It's a really tight battle for that second seed. 
And it looks like Tampa's running away with that number one seed. Um, and so, you know, I'm just saying that hopefully they get that second seed and they can avoid the Yankees or somebody. Um, so, yeah, because that, that second through six is all tight. And if the Sox get somewhere and they got to play that first day, that wild card round, I am very worried. And I don't want them to run up against the Yankees. I don't even want them to run up against the Red Sox. I think they could beat the Red Sox, but the Yankees just got outnumbered. They beat us all the time. So, um, Jamar, send any quick thought or analysis on the White Sox. Uh, real quick, with us winning the division, will we – I mean, will we still have to play in a wild card game or no? It depends if we are um, – the seeding. It depends on the seeding. So one team will have to play in that wild card. I thought the uh... – yeah, but it's different now. Um, they added teams to the playoff format. And so, like, as example, Oakland last year, remember they won that division? Um, but but last year they, they opened it up to, to eight, right, per, per yeah. conference. And that's how it is now going forward. I thought they, I thought they uh, brought it back to five. No. No? No, it's, it's – it's a more open field now. But this brings up a good point. Let's see. But I guess, nevertheless, at this point, I just, you know, want them to be healthy when, when it's time. <laughs> I just – I really do. I know the bullpen is just it, – it is what it is at this point, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, if they want to get better, they'll get better on their own. Other than that, we just gonna have to rely on our bats to to get us out of jams once again, um, but we won't go far if we're not healthy. So I I hope they get out the first round and just keep it moving. I definitely want a deeper run than what it was last year. Um, but yeah, need Anderson back. Um, I think he's just on the. On the injured list for, for not too long with that hamstring, ten, so. ten day, yeah. So, but that could be extended. <laughs> so, I don't know. It just sounded like a tweak, but you know, yeah. We know how hamstrings can be, though. Yeah. So, I, yep. And, and just to confirm, fellas, Jamar, you are right. It's ten teams, five from the A, five from the N, three division winners. And two wild cards. And who's ever winning that wild card game then going to play that next team? And my right. point is still the same, damn it. If the Yankees, <laughs> who are, they got the same record as the Sox now, and they've been really hot for some reason, the Yankees. And damn, they're fighting Tampa now for the division lead. Um, if they were to play the Sox, Lord. And I don't even care if we at home. Um, we're going to get crushed because they just got bats everywhere. And this is the this is the thing with the Sox. They've just been struggling all year and beating up the really bad teams. And that's kind of been how they've been making their money. They beat up the bad teams and lose to the good teams, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so with that being said, um, I think we have a, a worrisome um, outlook for the White Sox right now. And so um, – you know, they're winning. They got a pretty good record, but it's just inconsistency, you know, got to see more consistency with the team, you know, and 
more consistency with that bullpen. They give up so many games in the late innings. It's, it's ridiculous. They give up so many games. And so, um, yeah, with that being said, guys, um, just uh, as we end the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast this morning, um, Jamar is probably having some connectivity issues. But, uh, Anthony, um, any final thoughts or shout-outs as we head into the weekend? Just any final thoughts, anything um, as we head into this weekend? Oh, just uh, everybody have a good Labor Day. Uh, stay safe. Don't get uh, too crazy being indoors and stuff. It's going to be nice out. Might as well just stay outside, have a good barbecue, um, have, you know, kids, <laughs> everybody. Um, so, yeah, I, it'll be, uh, I can't wait till next week, you know, see what happens with the Stafford train. <laughs> yeah. I, I, really, I really think that, you know, are gonna get lit up, man. They got no secondary, so that uh, those wide receivers and that quarterback, it's gonna be an interesting uh, combo for sure. So yeah, very very interesting for sure, man. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, appreciate that. Um, as for me, I want to give a, a shout out to um, the Future Tides. Um, it's like a program uh, acting in a city and um, they bring out, you know, like various, you know, people to do stuff at the church and just great community stuff, back to school giveaway, bring out barbers and have them give out free haircuts, just a really great community initiative. And, uh, you know, want to give Future Ties a shout out. Um, really doing good in the community, man. Um, as far as, you know, um, just, you know, my final thoughts, be careful with this virus, guys. This week has um, been very interesting because I've gotten a lot of information about people um, fighting for their lives. Um, even right now, I got a Nazi in a coma. Um, and this is, you know, through my other family, you know, that's overseas. And so um, it's real. Um, we had a very good point about the vaccine and if athletes should get in things like that, but, you know, uh, for those who are tuning in, maybe, you know, if you're not, if you're, you're not in the belief of getting the vaccine, there's a lot of evidence out there that canastasia might be best for you. But once again, it's your choice. You make your decision. Um, that's one of the beautiful things that we do have the option for choice. And so um, with that, you know, uh, be careful. Keep God first and everything else to take care of itself. And uh, Mr. Jamar Goodman, uh, he's basically stated for you guys to have a great weekend. Um, he's, you know, having that little connectivity issue, but that is totally fine. Um, he states to be very careful with the virus um, and just be mindful of um, how you move, maneuver. Have a great Labor Day weekend as well. And so, yes, everyone have a great Labor Day weekend. And uh, we truly appreciate you guys tuning in with us on the Early Morning Sports Talk podcast this morning. Peace.